Welcome to Arbel Ministries podcast with Mark Whitehead. We've reached Numbers chapter 17 together. And after the rebellion we discussed in Numbers 16, there was a need for God to show His people that Aaron was His priestly leader. It could be argued that the earth swallowing up the rebellious people already made this point evident, but you know, those people, the Israelites... They weren't exactly known for taking a a subtle hint like that. So God wanted to make it clear that Aaron was the high priest and the Levites would be the tribe to carry out the special jobs of the tabernacle. So let's begin by reading a few verses at the beginning of number 17 together. We're going to start in verse 1. Here's what it says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses again. That Hebrew phrase that you've heard over and over in this podcast, way to beer. God took his people into the wilderness, into the desert, so it would be quiet and they would learn to hear the voice of God. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel and get from them a rod for each father's household. 12 rods from all their leaders, according to their father's households. You shall write each name on his rod and write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi for there is one rod for the head of each of their father's households. Verse four, you shall then deposit them in the tent of meeting in front of the testimony where I meet with you. It will come about that the rod of the man who I choose will sprout. Thus, I will lessen from upon myself the grumblings of the sons of Israel who are grumbling against you. So the people were to get a rod from each tribe. Now, now let me ask you a question. Why a rod? Why was God telling them to get a rod? What, what is so special about a rod? Well, a rod was a symbol of authority. Shepherds carried rods. We read in Psalm 23 that that David is, in Psalm 23, David is talking about God as his shepherd. Here's what he says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Why does he say a rod? Well, shepherds carry rods and they use them to guide and correct their flock. And also, too, a shepherd uses that same rod to protect. In Exodus 4, Moses was worried uh, that the people would listen to him, that they wouldn't listen. He was going to lead them. Maybe they won't listen. And God asks him, what's in your hand? And in Exodus 4, 2, we see he replies, a rod. Now, why would Moses have a rod in his hand? Because he's a shepherd. Shepherds always carry a rod. Now, if you remember the story, 
What does God tell him to do with that rod? Verse 3, throw it on the ground. What happens? It became a snake. That rod, that dead rod that was in his hand, miraculously became a live snake. And then God said, okay, grab the tail, Moses. And when he did, it turned back into a rod. It's verse 4. So if Moses was going to shepherd God's people, they needed to see authority in the rod that he carried. They needed to realize that the miracles could be done in the power through this rod. So, do we see God perform miracles using Moses' rod in other stories in the Bible? Well... God turned the rod into a serpent and back into a rod again in Exodus 7 before Pharaoh, if you remember. Later, he used it to turn waters of the Nile into blood, Exodus 7, 17. He used that rod to bring the plagues of the frogs, Exodus 8, 5. The plagues of the gnats, Exodus 8, 16 and 17. The plague of hail. Exodus 9, 23. The plague of locusts. Exodus 10, 13. Over and over, this rod became the rod of miracles and of power. What did Moses raise to part the Red Sea? The rod. Exodus 14, 16. Do you remember the story in Exodus 17 of Amalek, he, he, he's coming to fight Israel. And Moses told Joshua to choose people to fight for Israel. And Moses would be up on top of the mountain, overlooking the valley where that, where that, that fighting would take place. And the text says that when Moses' hand was up, Israel prevailed. But when it was down... Amalek prevailed. But his hands were heavy. Do you remember the story? So Aaron and Hur supported his hands. Do you remember that? What did Moses have in his hands? His rod. Exodus 17, 9. I hope you see the importance of this rod. See, it was the symbol of authority. And as each tribe collected their rod, the name of their leader was inscribed on it. So, example, tribe of Levi, you have Aaron's name. And they were going to bring these rods to the tabernacle, and it says specifically in verse 4, in front of the testimony where I meet with you. What is this talking about? What's talking about the place Inside the Holy of Holies, where God meets with Moses. And God says that you bring those rods and place it where I meet with you. And understand at this point in the story, only Moses and Aaron have been allowed inside the Holy of Holies. And God says, when you bring those rods, my leader, his rod is going to blossom. And I just want you to think about how incredible that is. Is the rod still attached to a tree? 
No, it'd be hard to carry around if that were the case. How can a rod that is not attached to a tree produce blossoms, produce fruit, produce anything that's alive? It can't. Unless there's a miracle. Look at, look at verse 5 again with me. Here's what it says. It will come about that the rod of the man whom I choose will sprout. Thus I will lessen from upon myself the grumblings of the sons of Israel who are grumbling against you. What does God say will happen when the rod sprouts? The NIV puts it like this. God would rid himself of the grumblings of the Israelites. Now let me ask you, after this story, do we ever see them murmuring again? The answer is yes. God isn't saying that this will make them stop once and for all. There's no more grumbling, no more murmuring. They're going to be good soldiers in my army. That's not what he's saying. He's simply saying that he's providing even more evidence that their murmuring is just not warranted. He's not going to keep listening to their complaining and to their arguing. Remember, their murmuring led led to God producing manna for them, Exodus 16. And they wanted meat, so they murmured again, and God gave them quail. In number 17, God says, I'm done listening to your murmuring. You're not going to grumble and have me change my mind yet again and give you something else yet again. I'm done with it. From now on, I'm going to judge you for your murmuring and your grumbling. We see in verse 6 and 7 of, of number 17 that the leaders of each tribe give their rods to Moses and he lays them in the Holy of Holies in front of the Ark of the Covenant just like God told him to do. And it's time for them to see who the leader is. Look with me at verses 8 and 9. Here's what it says. Now on the next day, Moses went into the tent of testimony, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds and produced blossoms, and it bore ripe almonds. Moses then brought out all the rods from the presence of the Lord to all the sons of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. Only one rod sprouted. I bet you can't guess who it was. Aaron's. I know that's a big surprise, but there's something incredible about Aaron's rod. See, not only did it sprout, the text says it budded. And it didn't stop with simply putting forth some buds. It even produced blossoms. Even further, it produced ripe almonds. Overnight, Aaron's staff had matured through the entire production cycle. This dead piece of wood was all of a sudden bearing fruit. You know, God could have stopped with just a a simple sprout on the rod, but he made sure the people had plenty of evidence about who he had chosen as his leader. 
You know, one of my favorite times of year is the spring. When, when trees begin to turn green. Every year as I travel to work and back, I'm amazed at how quickly everything goes from being brown to being green. When the Lord causes growth, it happens quickly, often. It's amazing that Aaron's stick was alive. See, a normal rod is dead. It has no hope of sprouting. When it's removed from its life source, it is no longer capable of bearing any form of life. We had a, a, a storm recently that came in our yard. And I still, to this day, am picking up more and more limbs and sticks and have trees that have fallen over. Guess what? Within a few days, those green leaves on those trees had become brown and they were dead. So it's incredible that Aaron's rod was full of life. That life had to come from God. You know, what's amazing for us as believers in Jesus Christ is that we weren't once were dead, but now God has made us alive in Christ. And it's just as big a miracle as Aaron's rod blossoming. Listen to Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14. When you were dead in your transgressions at the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it, to the cross. See, not only was Aaron's stick alive, it was fruitful. You know, there's a vast difference between something simply being alive and bearing fruit. If a plant, if you have a plant and it's healthy and there's the proper conditions are met, you know, you have light and you have water and you have the proper nutrients in the soil, The natural product of that plant is fruit. Jesus puts it like this. Here's what he says. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If I am truly alive in Christ, understand the natural product of my life is fruit. So question, am I a dead stick or am I a live rod? See, I can't say I'm a live rod unless I can point to fruit that is currently being produced as a result of my life. You know, for me to stay alive, Jesus says, you've got to stay in connection with the vine. 
just like those dead sticks in my yard who have been pulled up from its life source. It has no hope of bearing fruit ever again. It is dead because it is not connected to its life source. If I want to produce fruit, I better be seeing, am I connected to my vine? Because as soon as that connection is compromised, my life resorts to a dead stick with no hope of being fruitful. So let me ask you right now, what's the fruit in your life? What can you point to right now? Not something 10 years ago, 20 years ago, not even something last month. What is something you can point to today to say, look at the fruit because I'm connected to my vine? It should be an ongoing, every season type of thing because our life in Jesus never stops. So Aaron's rod budded. Now, what did it produce? It produced almonds. Why almonds? Let me read to you another text of Scripture. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Here's what it says. The word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Now, first off, you need to know something about the Hebrew here. The word for almond tree in verse 11 and the word for watching in verse 12 are the exact same root in Hebrew. Exact same. Now, that probably doesn't mean a lot to you. You're not probably blown away as I say that. Now, let me show you why that matters. Almond trees bloom very early in the season. See, in the culture, in the Hebrew culture, they they were often the very first sign of spring. They bloomed as early as January and they became ripe by March. And this text points to the fact that almonds can be a reminder that God never forgets His promises. He is always faithful in fulfilling what He promises us He will do. And what it says is, God says, I will almond tree my word fulfilled. Just as almonds bloom quickly. Do you understand this picture he's painting? You need to picture the Lord excitingly awaiting the moment his promises become a reality. Because almonds, they're ready to spring out in the spring. They're the first things to bloom. And that is the picture he's using. That as I'm sitting and I'm waiting to show you that I'm good to my word, all those promises I've already given you, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and I'm ready to show you that I'm faithful. Have you ever bought like the perfect gift for someone at Christmas, let's say? And you know, you wrapped it and you're ready to exchange gifts and you can't wait for them to open it because like you, you just have the perfect gift and, and they're starting to open it. You're on the edge of your seat. You can't wait to see their reaction. 
That's exactly what it's talking about here as God is looking down upon us and he's made all these promises in his word and he's made all his promises to us as believers in our prayer life and he's He's on the edge of his seat and he says, I know what you're going to open next and I can't wait for you to open it. That's what that text says. You know, since I learned this lesson about almonds, I've never been to eat I've never been able to eat almonds the same. See, every time I eat almonds now, I think about God. And I think about Him waiting to be faithful to the promises He's given us. And many times when I eat almonds, each almond, I think about a promise God has made to me. A a promise He's made in His Word. A promise He's made in my prayer life. And I just say, God, I can't wait. cannot wait till that time I open this gift that you're going to give me. And I know that if I can't wait, you're on the edge of your seat saying, Marco, just wait. I know what's coming. God can't wait to deliver on the promise he's given you. Trust him. Believe him. So we keep looking at number 17 together. All the leaders get the rod and they examine it. And obviously we know Aaron is the only one that has blooms and blossoms and buds and almonds. He's the only one that has even a sprout, much less ripe almonds. And God had a special place that he wanted that rod of Aaron's to be kept. Look with me at verses 10 and 11. Here's what it says. But the Lord said to Moses, put back the rod of Aaron before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels that that you may put an end to their grumblings against me so that they will not die. Thus Moses did, just as the Lord had commanded him, so he did. God instructed Moses to place Aaron's rod, it says, before the testimony. Do you think Aaron's rod was placed in the ark. Before you answer that question, let let me take you to another text. See, in 1 Kings 8, Solomon had just completed the temple. And it's time to bring the ark into the temple. 1 Kings 8, verse 9, here's what it says. There was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets, which Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the sons of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. So before you say Aaron's rod was in the ark, what do you do with that text in 1 Kings 8 that says the only thing that was in the ark were the stone tablets? Well, let me give you my thoughts. Apparently at that time, the only thing in the ark were that was the Ten Commandments. But why do we always picture Aaron's rod? Why do we always picture manna being in the ark as well? Hebrews chapter 9, verses 3 and 4. Behind the second veil... There was a tabernacle, which is called the Holy of Holies, having a golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant 
covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden jar holding the manna, an errant rod which budded, and the tables of the covenant. Hebrews 9, verses 3 and 4. So originally, there were three things in the Ark of the Covenant. So why were not all three things in the Ark when they put it in Solomon's temple? What's happened since then? The Philistines have taken the Ark. Could it be that they removed the manna and they removed the rod from the Ark? See, I believe that's exactly what happened. And the text says that this rod that was to be put in the ark would be a sign against the rebels. Now, who would see this rod? Think about it. It's in the Holy of Holies. Who's going to see this rod? Certainly not all the people. The only person that's going to ever see this rod would be the high priest one day a year, Yom Kippur. Why would the high priest need this sign of Aaron's rod? Why would he need the manna? Well, the common denominator between the manna and Aaron's rod is they were both a result of rebellion among the people. Do you see that? They complained they didn't have food. God gave them manna. Later they complained, we can be leaders too. Remember Korah's rebellion? And all of a sudden you get that the, the rod blossoming. And one time a year, when the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies, every year he's reminded that God would protect his leaders if and when a rebellion occurred among the people. They didn't have to worry about being overthrown from their positions as the priests. You know, today we have leaders that need to be reminded that God is a God that runs to their aid and their protection when people rebel. And that's what the high priest got every year on Yom Kippur. Number 17 ends with the people worried that they were all going to die. And with everything they had witnessed, you'd think they would just stop complaining, right? And start following the Lord, the leaders that God had given them. Unfortunately, it doesn't turn out that way. See, here's the thing. Dramatic events do not take away complaining and rebellion. Just like Israel, a person bent on complaining can always find something else to complain about. God has to change their heart. That's what Israel needed. But you know what? It's what we all need. We're going to stop the story here today, finish number 17 today. I just want to ask you though, as we finish, the title of this lesson is A Dead Stick or a Live Rod. Which describes you right now? Is there fruit in your life because you're attached to the vine? If not, you need to check 
and see where the connection is not happening. Are you not in His Word? Are you not praying? Are you not letting the Spirit dictate your life? My prayer is that we would learn what it looks like to be a live rod, a rod that buds and blossoms and produces fruit. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I look forward to our time together as we look at Numbers 18. If you have any questions, you can reach me on Twitter. My handle is at Ministries. You can email me at rbellministries at gmail.com. I'd love to interact with you. I'd love to talk to you more about some of these things. I just want to keep inviting you into this story. As we go to Israel, if you have any interest in coming to Israel with me, reach out to me. I'll tell you more about that trip. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.